Episode 26, in the thick of the quarantine, all uh, all alone over here, so I am behind the computer today, but we still, you know, I feel very accomplished. I set up uh, the camera tripod and the two light tripods on my own. I made them all shorter, and I turned them towards the computer instead of towards uh, the other direction, where the wall is, where I normally am. And I've got the uh, camera up above the computer here, so it's looking over. And it's pretty beautiful because uh, I've got a nice zoom on it. It's got a nice look down at me. Uh, so i got to remember to look up. Uh, it has made me notice that potentially some hair loss going on up top. The short hair and the unfortunate angle has uh, shown just kind of a little bit thin scalp region in the uh, horseshoe form that most male pattern baldness ensues in. Not sure where that's coming from. Not sure if I'm just a little bit uh, paranoid, but going to go ahead and get that looked at ASAP. Um, Yeah, so turned everything towards me. It looks beautiful. Uh, I did it because I'm starting to video chat with the kids at school again, which, uh, you know, when you're in it, it's fine. But if I'm looking at it from the outside, it is incredibly creepy. Um, I set up a camera and microphone and lights and everything to have a chat with a bunch of third graders in their pajamas uh, trying to drag their dog into the frame to show everybody uh, one of them is hanging out in their laundry basket and pretending that they're in a car chase. Another one had a uh, scuba gear on, not, you know, not all decked out, but he had goggles on. So I, he, they were swim goggles and, uh, he had his virtual background as, uh, an aquarium or the ocean. So it looked like he was a scuba diver. It was, uh, pretty confusing, but I'm like, getting all ready for a chat with all my kids. Um, and it's great, but I'm supposed to, I was just in on like the classroom chat of all 24 kids, which is madness, um, in one zoom call. Uh, but I'm supposed to do a check-in with my boys that I work individually with afterwards and see if they need any help with anything. See if, uh, just kind of push them in the right direction, remind them what they got to do, give them a couple tips, and uh, just generally be upbeat, uh, try and connect with them. Because, um, one, I miss the kids for sure, but uh, apparently they're not doing so well and they feel abandoned. But we're going to try and work out video chats. Um, so I told uh, Paulus to, I was like, hey, we all good for our chat after this? And he's like, yep, sounds good. And uh, I was just hanging out alone in my Zoom call, waiting for him to join for about 20 minutes. So I got stood up by a third grader, 
Um, I had my lights ready. I had the camera all set up. I had um, my whiteboards ready to go in case I needed to draw out something. It looked legit. And then I just kind of sat there and uh, nobody showed up. So all alone, I am completely alone, even uh, from kits. Probably a good thing. Uh, yeah, it's a weird, I was like thinking before the chat, I was like, God, I hope his mom isn't there. That'd be really awkward. I've never really met his mom because as a parapro, you're not really interacting with the parents. It's more about, you know, they don't have you email with the parents at all. Uh, they don't have you meet with the parents in meetings. They don't have you do anything outside of school. It's just you and the kid. Um, and they like to keep the teacher as the person who's in the communication with the parents, which I think is good. Um, but I was like, boy, that'd be kind of awkward, you know, trying to encourage him or like say, Hey, I miss you, buddy. Like, good to see you. What have you been up to? I don't know. I'm probably overthinking it completely. And it's just because of this, uh, you know, video chat that it feels weird, but, uh, I like to overthink things before I go into it and it, Feels very creepy to do so when it's about a video chat with a uh, eight-year-old. Even if I know that eight-year-old very well, and that made it sound worse. Anytime I try and say something about it, it makes it sound worse in my head. You know, like I'll get, I'll help get you started, but you go ahead and finish this one on your own. All right, let's do this one together, and then I want you to do the rest on your own. Um. Nothing wrong with that. So it is April 15th. Who cares? It doesn't matter what day it is. We're halfway through April, though. That's pretty cool. Uh, the curve seems to be flattening. Maybe sports are going to come back. Fauci seems to be very adamant about uh, getting baseball back. And Trump seems very adamant about football being started on time. So we could get some entertainment going. That'd be great. Um... Yeah, let's look at a couple on this day things. It's April 15th. So on this day, in 1802, I'm going to put a couple examples up of where onthisday.com has very weird priorities of their events of interest. So they highlight like 10% of all of the events that happened on this day, and they say it's an event of interest. Usually it's something important, but sometimes it's just this. Uh, 1802, William Wordsworth, William Wordsworth and his sister Dorothy see a long belt of daffodils, inspiring the former to pen, I wandered lonely as a cloud. So that is the poet William Wordsworth. That is the... Meaningless event of interest, and right underneath it, 1817, the first American school for the deaf opens, so that's apparently not as important as I wandered lonely as a cloud, and the city of San Francisco is incorporated. They formed the city of San Francisco, they made it official in 1850, the first school for deaf people in the entire nation of America opens in Hartford, Connecticut. But neither of those get the nod of event of interest because William Wordsworth, a poet that I just, you would guess he was a poet based on his name. I mean, Wordsworth, a 
I feel like, you know, he was destined for it. So I didn't know he was a poet before this, but I would have guessed he was based off the name. Regardless, that is not an important event. But it happened in 1802. In 1865, another interesting uh, choice of importance here is that Otto von Bismarck elevated to rank of Count of Bismarck Schonhausen. So that is an event of interest in 1865. Otto von Bismarck is elevated to rank of Count of Bismarck Schonhausen. That's 18. Who knows who Otto von Bismarck is? Who cares about the rank of Count of Bismarck? Who cares about the rank of Count of Bismarck Schonhausen? No one has cared about the Count of Bismarck Schonhausen since the 1870s. Since then, it is not as important of a rank. Now, if he was the Count of Bismarck Schonhausen House or Schonhausen Frausen then that's an event of interest. But I think slightly more important is just underneath, literally one underneath, and on the same day, 1865, not even a different year. It says, Abraham Lincoln, ever heard of him? He's no Otto von Bismarck. He's no Count of Bismarck Schonhausen. But until this happened, he was actually the president of uh, the United States. Says Abraham Lincoln dies nine hours after he is shot attending the play Our American Cousin at the Ford's Theater in Washington. Uh, You tell me which is more important. Abraham Lincoln, first president assassinated in American history. Or Otto von Bismarck, elevated to rank of Count of Bismarck Schonhausen. He's got a great mustache, though. So I get why they gave it to him. All right, what else? 1892, General Electric is formed. They merged Thomas Edison's General Electric Company with Thomas Houston's Electric Company. And guess who it was all arranged by? Industrialist, banker, J.P. Morgan, guys. J.P. Morgan. That's old money right there. That's when you know you got some old money. When you were the fucking banker for the start of General Electric. You helped Thomas Edison and Thomas Houston. Houstonhausen. Uh, guys, we're going to have some bummers, all right? I'm going to try and breeze through them, but they all feel a little important. Let's just get the bummers out of the way right now, actually. Even though it isn't uh, um, the proper timeline. One, in 1912, the Titanic sank today. So the Titanic sinks at 2.27 a.m. off Newfoundland, uh, very close to my, uh, my Dutch coastland uh, following. So guys, uh, shout out to you guys, Newfoundland. Uh, it says, when the loss of between 1,490 and 1,635 people. All right. I feel like you could just have one number for that. Uh, what else do we got? Some other bad ones, okay. In 2013, it was the Boston Marathon bombing. So that fucking sucks. And in 2019, last year, Notre Dame was set on fire. The fire of Notre, D- Notre Dame started today, last year. Um, everybody came, well, billionaires came together and gave it a ton of money, and it's got plenty of funding to get rebuilt. So th- how about that? Some good news, bad news there. In 1931, 
uh, lesser known, but it was the first backwards walk across America. Uh, it begins, it, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it went on for two and a half weeks. It was the first backwards walk across America. And it was, it was really just a march for people with ignorant and backward views. And the entire time, the whole two and a half weeks, they were just going down the streets uh, and shouting, shouting the slur of choice, shouting anything they wanted, any type of backward view, um, controversial tips, horrid, horrid, horrid march. Uh, thankfully, it was the first and last backwards march back in 1931. Never forget. We got Jackie Robinson in 1947 breaking the color barrier in baseball. He becomes the first African-American to play in the major leagues and thus beginning the uh, legitimate era of baseball history and statistics because you can't really count when it was just the whites. Can't count. Count, count. Can't count just the whites. Gotta, once you get, you know, once you get people that aren't white in the game of baseball, feel like the level of competition ticks up a notch or two, just one or two white people. I mean, it doesn't take much to play baseball. That's controversial. It takes a lot, but you don't need to be as athletically gifted in traditionally athletic ways. You don't need to be all fast and stuff. You can be all heavy and still be a real good baseball player. Uh, what else? Ray Kroc, 1955 opened the first McDonald's in Des Plaines, Illinois. Shout out to us, Plains. And then we got some uh, birthdays. We've got Leonardo da Vinci, Seth Rogen, Emma Watson, Emma Thompson, and Maisie Williams. Happy birthday, guys. Happy birthday. And also one of the third graders in, uh, in our class. And we uh, did a very awkward singing of happy birthday over Zoom. Every, the timing was off. Uh, we were not harmonizing. There were cha-cha-chas. There was clap-clap-claps, but none at the right points. Uh, Mr. Ladd from Nutria would be very upset. That's the one place where uh, I sang Happy Birthday and they made sure that we all sounded good when we sang Happy Birthday was in uh, choir opera in high school. Whenever it was somebody's birthday, we would have all 80 people sing together and he'd be like, the pianist would start. Doo, 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 doo. Everybody gets their keys. The altos, the sopranos, the basses, the baritones, the tenors. Everybody gets their own cues or, you know, the sound uh, to tune to. And uh, he's like. Happy birthday to you. And it would be like to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear. I was about to say the kid's name, but I won't. Happy birthday to you. That's a little lilt on there at the end for you. Yeah, it was a good time. Uh, felt very pretentious, made it so I didn't want to get my birthday sung to me uh, or ever announced it was my birthday. But yeah, damn it if they didn't sound good. And every other time I've sung Happy Birthday in my life, it has just been uh, really bad. And I, I was trying to sing, but I have the deepest voice out of everyone. 
in the chat. So I was like, if I sing loudly, it's just going to be me the whole time. Um, and I didn't want that, especially with the timing all off, you know. So we're a little in our head about video chatting with eight-year-olds, even though I've worked with them uh, all year, know them well, have a relationship, and uh, I'm totally overthinking it. Little in my head. Uh, I think that has a little bit to do with my lack of interaction with anybody for a while. Um, but yeah, damn it if this 1280p doesn't look good in that Zoom chat, though. But what was disappointing, I was going to put up a uh, photo of our school as my background, but because of these uh, blinds, it says it's not, it's not good. I need to get a green screen behind me or some like wall, so that's tough. That's going to be tough. We'll get through it, though. All right. So that's what happened on this day. Uh, that's what my life is like uh, right now. I don't have much to talk about. We're not going to be doing hour-long episodes. There's nothing going on. So just however much I can get out, that's what we're going to do, and that's what it's going to be. So what else did I have to talk about? Um, all right. Tom Brady went on Howard Stern. And there wasn't much controversy. He didn't shit talk the Patriots. Thank God. I was so worried that it was about to be just a horribly bitter breakup between the two and that, you know, I was going to have to like pick and choose between mama and papa. You know, I didn't want to have to, you know, choose sides this way. I get two Christmases. I get to watch him on Monday night football. I get to watch the Patriots on Sunday night football. I get best of both worlds. Hopefully they all do well. Maybe the, toss the Bears in there. We'll see. First, we got to see if we have an actual season. Um, he did say that he wanted to leave the Patriots before this year even started. He knew that he was going to be leaving. Tough to hear. But it makes you happy hearing all this stuff and realizing, wow, those last three Super Bowls were could have easily not happened. He could have easily gotten traded. He could have easily left. Um you know, we, the Patriots could have easily had only three Super Bowls. Uh, and yeah, so just count your blessings. Pretty freaking sweet. Uh, I wanted to talk about the movie Cheaper by the Dozen. I think there's multiple versions. So obviously I'm talking about the uh, Steve Martin, Bonnie Hunt version with Hillary Duff and the guy and the, the dude from Smallville and Ashton Kutcher as the douchebag boyfriend ah some iced coffee ran out of my Keurig cups don't want to go to the store just for Keurig cups I'm trying to limit my exposure apparently dude apparently I'm in a hot spot of uh COVID-19 my teacher who lives by me said that the uh the Jewish community didn't shut down their uh didn't shut down their religious services as early as they were supposed to uh, and there's like up to like 250 cases around me and just my little, uh, like, you know, I don't know. It's West Ridge. I don't know how many people live here and it is more spread out because it's mainly houses though. The, uh, Jewish community has like five or six giant apartment complexes that are like stacked on top of each other, like at least 20 or 30 floors. And it's only allowed to be the Jewish community. So if you get everybody going out to their religious ceremonies, coming back in, using the elevators, having those small hallways and everything. Yeah, I could see that. 
makes me think I shouldn't be going to my jewel and everything, though. I should, like, go to a different jewel. Uh, or just avoid the Jews. No, I'm kidding. All right. Um, I was talking cheaper by the dozen. I don't think it's a good film. Um, there's too, there's too much going on. There are 12 kids and they don't give enough time to truly, uh, interact with each of the kids. So you don't know them enough, which is kind of a microcosm for, I guess, the movie that these parents have too many children and they don't have enough time for them and their own dreams and each other's all that. But the movie starts, they have a fun uh, montage about Steve Martin and Bonnie Hunt having sex nonstop and just shooting kids out. Just one after the other. And it's a fun time. It's a fun way to start a movie. They accidentally have a pair of twins there after a vasectomy. Gets them from 10 to 12. And those two young boys, oh, they're young and they're wild. Uh, they're tough to keep up with. But they handle it because they know how to handle chaos, is what they say. Uh, but basically, we get like a one-line introduction to each of the kids. And then it just progresses the plot for them, even though it's not deserved at all. For instance, the two older kids who go to high school, Smallville Superman from ABC Family and Hillary Duff. They're the two kids that are in high school. They get to this new high school, and he's in like a crummy car and just happens to park next to the popular crew at the high school who just happen to be leaning against their car, which really isn't that nice. Uh, and they're leaning up against a car, and they don't even say anything to each other. The guy just, like, starts talking shit to Smallville's uh Cheaper by the dozen son. Should have looked up the names before this, but I'm not going to. Um, and just like talk shit to him. And then uh, Hillary Duff is like, hey, it's not worth it. And then they walk into school and it's like, oh, all right. So I guess he's got a bully now, even though, you know, I get kids aren't great, but typically they don't just like, I don't know, people get bullied, but. It felt very much just like, all right, let's have the first interaction at his school. He shows up next to the cool kids and they think he sucks. And then it cuts to, it cuts to like five of the kids who are in middle school and they just like get dropped off and they're all lonely. And then somebody hits their books down and then it's like, I'm just a kid. Life is not fair. And then it just is a montage of all the kids getting introduced to their schools and it goes really bad. And you're like, all right, I guess, but I don't even know this kid's name and, you know, what what the other kids at the school are about. It kind of seems like you guys are just inserting bullies into every new kid's life. Like, that's what happens at every new school. It's just the new kid immediately is pointed out by the cool kids, and then they just shit on them and hit their books down consistently. Um, and they're in the principal's office and all that. Uh, another thing is uh, they abuse Ashton Kutcher physically and mentally, uh, and there's just really kind of no repercussions for it. I don't know. I just like Ashton Kutcher. He does a lot of good work. Uh, they paint him out to be a real dick in this movie, and he plays it very well. And, all right, the last thing is the kid... I don't think his name is Beans. It's His frog is named Beans. 
and they call him um, FedEx. That's right. They call him FedEx because they think he was adopted and or they think he was dropped off by a FedEx driver. So he's not actually part of the family. And literally, Steve Martin does not have one positive moment with this kid throughout the whole time of the movie. One time he's working on stuff in his bed and this kid comes in to ask for help on something. He's like, ah, no. Go ask one of your brothers or sisters. I'm good. I got some football shit to figure out. Um, and uh, the one moment Bonnie Hunt, the mom has with him, gives him a hug for like a second, but then the two youngest twins are wrestling and then the kid's gone. And then she just never checks in on the depressed kid after that. Never once is like, hey, how's that kid? How's my one son? They literally, another thing I'm forgetting, they both keep calling him the wrong name. They literally keep, they don't call him FedEx. That would be horrible. But they keep calling him the wrong name and they never like kind of justify it. They just afterwards are like, he's like, no, my name is, I forget what his fucking name. So I guess I can't talk, but I'm not the guy's fucking dad. Uh, So he's like, hey, uh, Mark. He's like, it's Mike. He's like, oh, right. I knew that. All right. See you later, Michael. And then he just like goes on with his day and then we follow the redheaded kid who's depressed for a little bit and see like, oh, wow, he's he's pretty alone in this huge family. Nobody's offering any moral support. Nobody's an olive branch at all in this family. They haven't shown one moment that allows us to like the family in this scenario and not just think this kid is like being abused. Uh, and so anyways, the kid... After a whole movie's worth of events that have not involved him at all and watching his depression form throughout and having it not mitigated at all from the parents or brothers or sisters, he runs away. He's starting to go back home to their old house before they moved. And he gets all the way onto a fucking bus uh, before... Steve Martin finally shows up. Maybe it was a train. And they take the fucking... They take it all the way back to where they lived before. They weren't able to get off. feel like he'd be able to get off. Um, yeah. And then their whole thing at the end when they're trying to be like, hey, no, we actually love you. Like, I know this whole movie, we haven't known your name and I haven't said one word to you. But, hey, we're a family. And the one example they gave that was supposed to be like, yeah, you know what we mean? Like, we're all a family. We've learned our lesson. Was just Hillary Duff saying to one of the younger sisters, like, yeah, like, I always fight with her and I hate her, but we're still family. It was like, what the? That's not enough. You guys haven't done anything. You let him run away, make it all the way back. To the place, like you got there so late that you literally couldn't get off the transportation. You got there in the last possible second. And then the whole fucking family had to go back to where you lived before. And in that whole car ride, you guys couldn't have like riffed ideas on how we could try and support him and make him realize that, hey, we're a big family. I'm sorry we've been so shitty to you. Uh... Here's some examples of why you're great. Not, not, hey, Hillary, why don't you mention about how you hate your sister who isn't the kid who just ran away? 
say something negative about somebody else, but then just say, it doesn't matter because we're family. Just remind them that you're not the only kid in this family that I shit on, but deal with it. We're blood. Also, what the fuck was your frog's name? That thing still pisses me off. But don't worry about it, man. We're family. Nobody can break that bond, you piece of shit. Ah, you sure ran away, you little bitch. (laughs) You're my brother still, you little rascal. Get over here. Come over here. I love you. Yeah, I don't even think anyone said they loved him. I don't remember exactly, but it was just... And then I was like, all right. And then the the dad didn't get to keep his job. Neither did the mom. They just moved back home. I think the lesson was just don't follow your dreams if you have a giant fucking family because you won't be able to remember one of their names and they'll try and run away. Also, what's up with Steve Martin bringing the family, bringing the fucking football team to his house? That's not a lot. That's not legal. I get it's a fun movie. I get it's family friendly. I get it. We're having a good time. But come on, guys. Doesn't happen. It's got them running drills on concrete in a small yard that isn't shaped like a football field. Can't have it. And they're all in perfectly clean uniform still. Then he uses his football team to get all the kids out of the the neighbor's party when they when a snake gets loose or something. Now you're having these 18 to 22 year olds grab your kids and run through public with them in their in their school uniforms. Not happening. Not happening. Also, last point on this movie, I think. Dax Shepard makes an appearance. Love Dax Shepard. Uh, he's playing the photographer or the, 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 the cameraman for Oprah Winfrey. The whole time I'm like, holy shit. Uh, it's, uh, Bonnie Hunt has a, uh, an interview with Oprah Winfrey that's going to happen in the house. And so they show up before Oprah to get it set up. And as they're getting set up, the whole family, the Baker family, they're getting into a huge fight and they're all arguing and it's clear that there's no love between the family, but it's so fucking hilarious how one, obviously they never had Oprah Winfrey. They just decided, let's just say she's getting interviewed by Oprah. And then at the last minute, just say Oprah's not coming. And there you go. It'll seem like we had Oprah, but we really, we just fucking said we had Oprah probably never even reached out to her. Um, but then Dax Shepard, as if just to kind of hit the point on the head of where we are in the film, uh, we're at our wits end here. He calls the producer and he's like, yeah, don't send Oprah here. This, the name of this segment is supposed to be Happy Family. They're arguing. There's no happy family here at all. And then it just, and it just like cuts away. The family's arguing. And Dax Shepard is the moral arbiter of whether or not these people get to go on Oprah. He's like, yeah, the one, the one dad, he doesn't even know one of the kids' names. He's been paying attention to work too much. He's trying, he bit off more than he can chew. Hey, Oprah. Yeah, it's me, Dax. You know the family that you're supposed to interview? Yeah, happy and healthy family. That's right. That's the one. Guess what? 
You're never going to believe it. They're arguing. No, 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 no. Not, not playful banter. Not at all. This is legit. One of them's threatening. Two of them are threatening to move away. I forgot the old Smallville one who played Superman. He's trying to move away. Well, he misses his girlfriend. I know. The only thing the dad did was try and bribe him with a car. He wouldn't even let, her, let him visit the girlfriend right away. Piece of shit, I know. And the mom also doesn't know the one kid's name. Yeah, they're not showing any moral support at all. Apparently his frog died. He's pretty depressed. So yes, I suggest you not show up. I know you're available and ready to get on set, but I suggest, Dak Shepard, that you don't come here because this family is just abhorrent. It's like they just anointed this random Dak Shepard character who's been there for two minutes to be like, hey, we're here, with, we're here for Oprah. And Steve Martin's like, Oprah's really going to be here? He's like, yeah. And then five minutes later, like, a little too much back and forth bickering here. I don't think Oprah's going to be okay with this. She's never dealt with a difficult interview before in her life. I think this might be a little off the rails for Oprah Winfrey, guys. Your family's a little nuts. Could have stopped after 10. You got a vasectomy and the twins came out? That's unfortunate, but there's nothing I can do. I am only Dak Shepard. So yeah, that's cheaper by the dozen. It was just incredibly cheesy. They just were like, we have 12 kids and they're all loving life at home. Uh Uh-oh, my dream job as a football coach. We're moving. They literally are like, all right, you can vote on whether we're moving or not, but we're still going regardless. It's like big old fuck you to the kids right there. That's proper parenting. Basically shows, I think it's a... uh, propaganda movie for the United States government. That's kind of our form of the one-child policy from China. It's just China, very intense government. They're able to strictly enforce a one-child policy. Uh, America, a little bit more uh, lenient government, a little bit more freedom of expression, a little bit more freedom. We just show you cheaper by the dozen and remind you, don't get too carried away. Want to coach football? Why don't you stick to eight or nine, all right? Why don't you take it easy? Get that vasectomy after a cool five. Why don't you make sure you know all your kids' names before you pop out another couple? All right? See if you can't do attendance without checking the list every morning. Maybe make sure you have time for uh, a hello with each of your kids before you decide, you know what, let's have seven more. I know this one kid hasn't gotten attention in seven years, but I think let's have some more kids and he can talk to them unless they're all horrible because they've also gotten no parenting themselves and they're either abusive to him, just like us, except more direct. We're more of a pull away and give you no attention type of abuse. They're more of a go fuck yourself FedEx type of abuse. Or they're old, out of the house, and dating Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. So that's America's government form of the one-child policy is cheaper by the dozen. It's a good form. I think they should come out with this generation's version. Could still have Steve Martin and just say, cheaper by, we have 17 fucking kids. What happened to my vasectomy? It didn't work. Cheaper by the dozen, too. The vasectomy still didn't take. I have two dozen. 
Cheaper by the dozen too. Holy fuck. I don't know any of these kids' names anymore. Even the ones I knew before. It's too much. Cheaper by the dozen three. Fuck it. We're moving back to Evanston. The kids can stay at home. Cheaper by the dozen four. We finally made it on Oprah. Just a few ideas. Uh, all right. That's what I got. Uh, it is Jack's Tap, episode 26. Is that right? Yeah. Episode 26, April 15th. You're all handsome. I will see you soon. Now you're gone. Realize my love for you was strong. And I miss you